open your cerebral cortex and shift your lobes into upper beta phase because you are going to have Bitcoin knowledge transmitted directly into your vestibulocochlear. Your host of Bitcoin Knowledge is Trace Mayer, an early Bitcoin advocate since it cost a quarter, but this is not intended to be investment advice. A doctor of jurisprudence, but this is definitely not legal advice. And an investor in core cryptocurrency infrastructure, including Armory, BitPay, Kraken, and Mitagio, but this is not a recommendation of those services. Here, you get fed via direct mind download with pure and free Bitcoin knowledge. Welcome back. We have an excellent interview with one of our new entrepreneurs, Roger Kijano. He's CEO of BitInca. Welcome to the podcast, Roger. Oh, thank you. Now, this is really exciting. You just launched BitInca yesterday. You had submitted to Coindesk asking them to cover you, and they had you get letters of recommendation from all the banks you're working with, et cetera, et cetera, uh, to you know, verify. So tell us a little bit, what is BitInca, and why is this really, really cool for what's going to happen in Latin America? All right. Well, first of all, I've already been in Coindesk. We already had an article written a month and a half ago. If you go ahead and Google us, you're going to see us a couple of uh, articles that, that involve the company. Uh, BitInca is totally different from any other exchange that has been done in South America. Uh, since we approached from a different point, we went ahead and opened offices wherever we wanted to work. Nobody else has done that. I think uh, some have like two offices in Argentina and Brazil. We're going to have by the end of the year around five offices. We're going to be in uh, Peru. We have in Bolivia. We're just an e-wallet since Bitcoin has been. We're going to be on Brazil, Argentina, and Venezuela. So we're five. And Chile. And Chile. Chile. Well, <laughs> can't, can't forget Chile. Can't forget Chile. Chile is Chile. It's really a nice yeah. country to yeah, have yeah. here. Yeah. And Chile, well, Chile is a little bit hard because uh, over there it's a little bit hard to open a company being a, uh, a foreigner even though we're in Mercosur. It's a little bit hard. Yeah, you have to get the tax ID number, yeah. the La Ruta number, I think it is. Yes, over yes. There. So that's gonna that's not gonna I mean, be by the end of the year. <laughs> but but Chile is phenomenal. Santiago is just. I've oh, never been there. You haven't? No. Oh, it's just it's absolutely gorgeous. I've been to the airport. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Um, I mean, it's nestled up in the Andes, and it's just yeah. beautiful weather. And uh, I've been all over Chile, like uh, Viña del Mar, all the way to oh, nice. uh, Puerto Natales, clear in the south. I'd actually rented a van and like uh, driven all over Chile with a U.S. diplomat, actually. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, he was from the Montevideo Embassy. But getting back on track, you've got offices in Venezuela, Peru, Peru Bolivia. Bolivia, where we just work as an e-wallet. In, as an e-wallet. Uh, Chile. Argentina and Brazil. And Brazil. We're in Brazil, actually, I'm right. I came here more days for the conference to wrap up all of the legal stuff so we can be based also here in Brazil, which is the second country in South America with most Bitcoins. Yeah, and we've also done an interview with uh, Rodrigo Batista, who's the CEO of uh, Bitcoin Mercado. And he told an interesting story that the bank for his Bitcoin exchange shut down his bank account. And so he took them to court. And the court actually ruled that the bank had to reopen, reopen and service his bank account because it's a public service. Yeah. So I think it's very cool. You've got bank accounts set up in all these countries. You've got letters of recommendation from the banks. They know you're working on Bitcoin-related stuff. So what is it exactly that BitInca is going to do for everybody? Right. Well, as you know, here in South America, we have two countries that are going to benefit most from this. We have Argentina and Venezuela, where they have restrictions on buying currencies. 
But Bitcoin doesn't have a restriction. Actually, it's not frowned upon. Actually, the government doesn't even speak about Bitcoin. They just don't even look the other way because money is not leaving the country. And what's it considered? It's considered a product. It's considered for the most part for most people, it's a product or a service. Okay. Um, some countries, like in Bolivia, they try to consider a currency. That's why they banned it. Um, in Ecuador, they want to create their own cryptocurrency. So it's kind of hard for those two countries. But in other countries, it's considered a product or a service. So basically, what we're selling is a product or a service. Bitcoin's a product and a service. And by selling a product and a service in the local coin, and in each of the countries, you can actually do a wire. You can do a transfer using Bitcoin. You're buying and selling Bitcoin instantly on different countries since we're one exchange. You're buying, let's say, 0.267 of Bitcoin, which is around $100 right now. You sell the same Bitcoin for pesos, 0.267, which is around 1,200 pesos, 1,280 pesos. Those are the Argentine, Argentine, Argentine pesos, pesos, not Chilean pesos. No, because you got like a bunch like of hundred thousand pesos when you're doing yeah. Like Chile. Yeah, it's a little tough. It's a little <laughs> tough one. Yeah, today I just, I just, I'm a Chilean guy came in and he's interested in finding over bitcoin and I'm going to put hundred and hundred over there is like zero point zero one like of a bitcoin. So I was like, oh no, wait, we cannot, we cannot test it with this. So on the hundreds and hundreds, no, it's a little bit tough, but. For Argentina, and having this option, this new totally innovative solution, is we're using Bitcoin as, as an exchange index, or let's call it as a selling this product for this price that the market's giving a value. Argentina, which is a country where most of the South American startups are being developed, are not having a problem selling and buying Bitcoins. And here we're doing exactly the same thing in each country. They're not having problem buying and selling Bitcoins. The only difference is that we, since we have offices all over. We're doing the exact same thing just with a bunch of offices on different currencies. Now what, what advantage do you get from having all of these offices? By having the local offices we're legally set up, we're able to partner with local collectors. And that's important for you. You want to be operating legally compliantly, yes. uh, paying your taxes, really building a, a sustainable business that exactly. can be around in a few years. Exactly. Right? exactly. I mean, that that's really that's, what you've um, got yeah, intended. From, from a few interviews that um, uh, I attend, I, I got, um, I'm trying to make use what it's now on our daily finances and apply it to Bitcoin. So basically daily finances on, on ROIDs with Bitcoin. By doing that, I cannot be a totally opposite person, close-minded. If it's Bitcoin, we're, out, we're not uh, we don't, we're not what we banks. If we think like that, we're never going to grow. Bitcoin community is going to stay close. Nobody's going to get it. And our platform is, if you're able to try it, test it out, you don't even have to know Bitcoin if you want to go ahead and do it, uh, send money. Well, and actually, the, your customers in Bolivia can't actually yeah, buy can't, the Bitcoin. So, they're, so it's an e-wallet, an e-wallet only for the people yeah, in Bolivia. Only for the people in Bolivia, unfortunately, or until somebody goes ahead. And, well, and it's really unfortunate for Bolivia. I mean, anybody who's been there, like their technology is... Well, it's just, really, as I, as I told you, we're an e-wallet there and they have no, even, uh, they don't have any online platforms. They have like no e-commerce business so there we're just targeting the uh, the e-commerce and we're going to be the first ones doing that uh that's why we, we also have a presence there um it's different input but we're there we got to be ever maybe in the future they'll open up to bitcoin and we'll already set up we have the office running and everything and, and they got their particular regulation and so you're following it yeah and and you know you're 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 following the law as best as you can in each of these jurisdictions even if that means that you have to curtail some of the services in right. the particular yeah, jurisdiction. we're following the law we're paying our taxes we're going to be paying our taxes on every transaction fee as the government states on which is la ganancia which is for the earnings we're going to cover everything we're going to try and cover ourselves since we're, we're introducing something totally new and when you introduce something new you have to be protected right 
if you want to do business in general, I think yeah. it, personally, I think it's a good idea to be doing business in a legally compliant way. Right, right, perfect. Uh, because I personally don't like looking over my shoulder. But that's not to say that there isn't economic opportunity introduced to people to do things not in the legally compliant right, way. Right, right. And in fact, in a lot of cases, when regulations are introduced, it makes it more profitable for exactly. for people to exactly. like get around the currency controls in Argentina or Venezuela or uh, Brazil or wherever. So, uh, you know, I think regulators should be cognizant of that. They might have a regulation or a way of doing things that they want, but it'll actually engender particular behavior that may be an unintended consequence right. uh, for them. So, you know, just be kind of aware, like, even though like you and I, we don't necessarily want to do it that way, like somebody's going to see that easy money and they might go after it. Right, right, right. But here in Birinko, since we're going to be the first ones, so for example, in Peru countries that even, they're not using Bitcoin, they're going to use mostly a send money service. Uh, we're going to be the ones that will be used to get regulated upon our Bitcoin. They're going to grab our business and they're going to reflect how do we regulate this. So basically we can be molding the regulation. We're the first one, the pioneers doing this. And that's our main idea here. We, yeah, have, so we have to be legally compliant. And once our, uh, the government wants to set a regulation, we'll follow whatever they want in order for us to keep doing business. And then they have someone they can talk to. They, they right. can have someone that can help them understand the technology. I know we've followed a very similar path in the U.S. with BitPay, for example. And people from BitPay will meet with different regulators and help them understand what's going on. And it's been very helpful in trying to get shaped uh, different regulations to affect the industry in the U.S. so that, you know, it's just not blatantly problematic for the Bitcoin industry. How does the service actually work? Uh, somebody signs up with BitInca. Mm -hmm. They say from Peru. Right. Uh, in Peru, the legal tender currencies are both the U.S. dollar, US dollar and the Peruvian soul. And the Peruvian soul. Okay, so you have your account. You fund your account with dollars or soles, or soles whichever you choose. And that comes uh, electronically from you, from the customer's bank account to Bidinka's bank yes. account. Yes, Bidinka. Right? If they want to do a wire transfer or pay online through or, or a bank partner, or they can go through an agency and deposit the money physically. And Whichever then, is more comfortable for the customer. And then they take the soles that are now in their BitInca account and they just buy Bitcoins. Or we also have the e-wallet service. Or they can send Argentine pesos to somebody. Right, now. Well, when you change currency, you're using our trading platform without even knowing it. If you don't know nothing about Bitcoin, you're basically making a simple buy and sell order. Somebody from Peru is sending $100. Somebody in Argentina is selling a Bitcoin. Since they're both in our platform, both both of the two end, end users, starting and end of user, you're basically doing an exchange. The Bitcoin is going from one side to the other side on the same value with a different currency. The Bitcoin is in our system. It's just going, uh, bouncing back and forth, back and forth. That's how we were able to accomplish this. And uh, so in that case, the person who sells the Bitcoin in Argentina, do they get Argentine pesos or do they get Peruvian soles? They get Argentine pesos. Okay. Because there's going to be another party involved. They want soles also. So it's just a network. Everybody's going to connect. There's going to be soles and there's going to be pesos. There's going to be dollar. Whoever wants that coin is going to get it. If yeah. there's not balance enough to cover that, the transaction won't be allowed. How do we handle people not wanting Argentine pesos or Venezuelan uh, bolivars. Uh, right. like, like, how do we handle that problem? Because uh, right. there's a there, 
there's a lot more demand for Bitcoin in those particular markets, and the demand for the local currencies is very low. So, right. I mean, how does that get All right, get mostly handled? that's going to be, well, that's not a tough question to answer. Uh, there's a lot of people that go ahead, and there's a lot of immigrants in Argentina. There's a lot of Peruvians, a lot of Bolivian, Equatorians, there's a lot of people. A lot of people want to get money into uh, Argentina. Even if you don't believe it, a lot of people want pesos to pay for services in Argentina. There's a lot of students in Argentina. There's a lot of foreign students in Argentina. So, so it's one of the cheapest countries to study in, in South America. And people are using the U.S. dollar. They're actually doing illegally through couriers. They're sending money to Argentina, dollars, to get the street value. So that's where we step in. We use Bitcoin, and we're covering the same people that we're doing it before on an easy way, on a faster way, and legally using the legal standards that are being set up. And the actual Argentine pesos in the Argentine bank account, they don't really move around much, do right. they? No, they stay in the country. We do not do uh, fiat transfers. Uh, if you're in Argentina, you can only get pesos. If you're in Peru, you can well, in Peru you can get solis. We, we have an economic freedom in Peru, so you can get solis or dollars. If you are in Venezuela, you can only get bolivares, and the money stays in the country. We don't do capital fuge. That's why our project is so interesting. It's because if you put it in a way, we're kind of helping the government avoid buying U.S. dollars. People are trying buying dollars, taking them out of the country, and the central bank has to cover that. And by using us, the central bank doesn't have to worry of capital fuge. The money staying inside your country. Your, your local currency has not leaving. Nobody's trying to get dollars out through the frontera. Well, you see this in Venezuela. You see huge trucks of gasoline, which are actually empty, and there's a lot of bolivares inside. <laughs> uh, a lot of people taking it to Cucuta and exchanging it, getting back. And that's a business over there. It's a huge business, huge revenues. And, and it goes through a lot of people getting in a lot of trouble, a lot of lives are lost doing that. And that's why the dollar is so high in Venezuela. Uh, the government has three valuations. That's one at 630, one at 12, one at around 56. And the one that people can actually get is 178. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is so basically, absurd. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And we're trying, with our service, you will need to worry about all these valuations. You need to know about Bitcoin. How much is a Bitcoin? This is how much you're getting of a Bitcoin. That's how much money you're getting. And it'll actually help increase the velocity yeah. of everything, too. I mean, all the money will be flowing around a lot faster. Right, right. That's why Venezuela is an interesting market, because since our platform doesn't need somebody to actually know about Bitcoin that much, they just get 100 and you get that amount. That's how easy it works. We do the trading for you. We do the buy and sell for you. And it's not Bitinka who does the trading, but it's, it's actually the it's actual, cost the actual, actual users. customers that are loading the order book yeah. with what they value. Uh, the Bitcoin. The Bitcoins with, yeah. in those currencies. So it gives a lot of uh, opportunity for people to kind of have a little business there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good thing. People are actually doing it for you. And that, that's that's a great thing about this product is it has no boundaries. You don't know how, how it can help you. Uh, it's going to break a lot of walls that were set up by the government without doing something illegal. You actually, sometimes you're actually going to helping the government here. You're yeah. not taking dollars. People are getting killed for U.S. dollars and you, we're gonna like actually gonna stop that in a way. Not only that, it sounds like you're going to be increasing their reserves. So yeah. it's actually beneficial for the banks and governments to have some of the activity going through this system as opposed to the current system that people are using for that. Right here, we're we're, we're actually helping people, we're helping their economics. As I'm telling you, if you see Argentina having a, a tough time, but if you go to Venezuela, you'll get kind of depressed. They can only have twenty five hundred dollars a year to travel. We can only buy in credit cards $300 a year if you buy online. And people do a lot of illegal things to get those dollars. They fly, they go ahead to another country, they try to get those $2,500, they fly back with those $2,500. Some of them get robbed, 
and we're trying to give them a little peace of mind by doing this. It's just heartbreaking, you know, because price controls lead to shortages. Shortages are used as an excuse to implement rationing. And in Venezuela, I mean, they're rationing and they're they're rationing critical medical supplies. Yeah. I was reading in Bloomberg about a 28-year-old father. He had traveled 14 hours to try and get medical supplies for his one-and-a-half-year-old son. Well, yeah, they're, they're, they're low on medical supplies and food. Yeah, um, and I, I remember food, I, yeah. I, before I said there were three currencies. There's three, uh, I mean, three exchange rates. The first one is Sencoex. It's around six-something. That's if you want to import. Well, Venezuela is all imports. They don't have a product of their own. So if we want to get food, get uh, clothes, not even clothes, you can kind of be made. Get like basic supplies, basic life supplies. You can go on that if you're a company and you have to have a lot of experience being a company because you cannot apply that easy, you go ahead and you fall on, the, on, on that exchange rate. If you are importing electronics, you're importing secondhand goods, secondhand food, secondhand textiles of main clothes or brand clothes, you go into your you have 12 for the US dollar. If you are importing anything else, you'll go up to 60, 70, that dollar is being sold by the government legally in a bank. But So you're I'm, going from 6 to 60 to 70? Yeah. So there's like a huge spread, and these are legal dollars yeah, being sold yeah. by the government. And yeah, you buy the legal dollars, and they're 172. And the legal dollars are actually the dollars that most regular people can buy. And you know how much is a, you get out of college, and you're like a business, a business degree, you get paid 9,000 bolivares a month. That's not even $100. Oh, man. That's around $50 for that right now. Even with the money, you can't buy anything yeah. because there's just shortages. Yeah. Even with the money coming in and the money that people are selling, like imported goods, it's the, with, to the parallel market level. So it's really depressing economy. And with this, we hope that uh, well, governments and see, see that we're actually not flying capital out, staying in, and we're somehow helping them, helping them avoid this. And maybe let's think big. Bitcoin can help solve their problems of uh, hyperinflation because of the U.S. dollar shortage. Now, withdrawing the Bitcoins from Bitinka, mm-hmm. uh, how's that work? Is it just very seamless, very easy to withdraw yeah, Bitcoins? It's just, yeah, just like another exchange. You go ahead, put in your wallet, and you'll take it out. Bam. And you, like you got the Bitcoins in, you your, got, own in your own armory own. wallet or yeah. wherever you're holding yeah, them, right? That's no problem. Where it's nice and safe. Right, right. Uh, but well, since we're going to we expect a lot of supply and demand here, mostly because of this service we're offering, most of the people that are going to put their Bitcoins in, they're going to be sellers. Actually. Yeah, using them to yeah. to increase that velocity and right. making a little bit trading here and there. Yeah, trading's going to be fast. We're gonna. It's the first time somebody tries to grab the South American bar- market all at once. That was the hard part of a bit Inca, traveling, getting residents in all these countries. Getting uh, bank accounts. Getting bank accounts. Oh, Bolivia didn't even start it. Bolivia was a pain. It was a pain of me paying people to represent me. Oh, well, it, was a, it was a pain. And again, in Bolivia, we're just a new wallet. <laughs> <laughs> so it went even worse. Everything happened. The Bitcoin got banned when I started this. And was everyone was like halfway. So I was like, okay, let's just do a new wallet. I mean, you're working with the biggest banks in these respective countries. Yes. Right? Yes. Like in Peru. In Peru, we're working with the biggest bank as our collector. Well, we're working mostly towards the e-wallet. That's the project they're interested in. But we're adding funds through them. They're really interested in the e-wallet because uh, there's a lot of micropayments where the banks do not get to micropayments. Most of these people are unbanked people. And by doing this, they will have to have a bank account, basically. And it's as easy as going two blocks away and getting a bank account just with your DNA, which is the ID card. And this will help people do that, getting banked because they won't have to loan uh, like... Well, in Peru, it's pretty common if you want to go to a shop and have money. They lo fian. They like the kiosk gives you, and they open an app. A bunch of people don't pay, 
And <laughs> so by this, they'll be like, all right, no, fear, no, you're not the fear. I'll scan your QR code and pay with Biringa. Pay your cab with the Biringa, and that's that's end. Since we have this new product, you can pay a cab kiosk with Biringa in all the countries where we work with. Yeah, so you might even start building merchant tools or yeah, whatnot. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, it's the next. That's step. probably like next. Step yeah, we're creating. We're going to create it. Well, we're going to our API to integrate your web page for an e-commerce, which actually this is an e-commerce what got me into Bitcoin. So I always have that in mind, and that's where all the money is in, in, in South America, in e-commerce on on this and Bitcoin. We're we're growing emerging market when it comes to e-commerce. We're like. 20 years behind United States. And Bolivia is 50 years. <laughs> Bolivia, yeah. It's about, they're it, still like dragging a horse and wagon. Yeah, around, they're right? there. Well, they have a really nice city, to be honest. I, uh, I don't like La Paz so much. I love uh, Santa Cruz. Uh, La Paz has good things, but I've been going most because of business. Santa Cruz is a really nice city. It's emerging. You can see that people there are more open-minded. Every country I've been in, they, they have their plus or minus, just like any other country. But I love them all. I love that everybody in South America has a block. We all progress. That's the main idea. And I think Bitcoin is going to do a lot for that. Since we're going to have one main currency or one main product or service that we can use in all these countries will make a huge difference on how our economy grows. Yeah, I think you are spot on with that. Getting the currencies standardized yeah. and uh, preventing these weekly currency collapses. You go to Buenos Aires, I mean, it's just common. You have the meal listed in four different currencies. You got euros, dollars, uh, Argentine pesos, uh, Brazilian reals. So, I mean, it's just very common to think in terms of four different currencies in a lot of these countries. You know, you, you get some of that taken away. You don't have a currency crisis every five to seven years. You begin to able to focus on things like growing food. Exactly, exactly. And it's happened in Argentina before you go there on a Monday, the dollar flies up to 15 and you leave on a Friday and the dollar went to 12. So basically, if you, you if you change, you made some money. If you didn't change, you lost money. Um, and that, that's that's crazy how that happens. And uh, it should be more standardized. And I think Bitcoin will do a lot for that. Yeah. And it's just impossible to like plan your businesses with that, too. Yeah. Yeah. So. There we go. We've uh, just had an excellent interview with Roger Kijano, CEO of Bidinka. Thanks for being on the podcast. All right. Thank you. Be sure to get a copy of the free Bitcoin guide at freebitcoinguide.com. Got a question or suggestion? Record your voice at bitcoin.kn. Don't be shy. To help the show, share Bitcoin.kn with friends, post about it on Reddit, and otherwise, spam the interwebs. Your iTunes comments and five-star reviews are very important to us. Please continue tuning in to the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast, where we release interviews with the top people in the Bitcoin world. Now take some choline and let that Bitcoin knowledge consolidate.